Chapter Twenty One of Just Stories: The Kind That Never Grow Old by Winfred Hurst, S.C.S. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. A robber, bees, and something else. How can I tell such a long, long story in just a few words? Really, I do not know, but I am going to try. So here's the wondrous tale. Many hundred years ago, a dreadful robber lived in a deep, dark forest. Everybody feared him, and rightly so, for all that tried to capture or even to molest him met with a cruel and bloody death. Now it once happened that a priest had to pass through the deep, dark forest where that dreadful robber lived. He had to go to say mass at a town on the forest's other side. So he took with him the sacred vessels of gold needed for the celebration of the august sacrifice and because there was a person in that town at the point of death, he took the blessed sacrament with him, too. He was afraid, you see, that the sick person would not live until the following morning, and he knew that all good Catholics long to receive Holy Viaticum before they die. When the end comes, we would all like to have Jesus in our hearts, to console and strengthen us, and to take us to our heavenly home. Was the holy priest afraid of the bloody robber? Not he. He knew no fear. God is everywhere, even in the deep, dark forest, he said, and I fear not. Nothing can happen to us but what the good God permits, for his own wise ends. So he bravely set out all alone. But no, not alone. Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament was resting on his heart in a golden pyx, suspended from his neck by a golden chain. He was in the deepest, darkest place of that great forest, when suddenly the dreaded robber sprang out of the shadows and stood before him. "'You will have to hand over to me the golden vessels you carry,' he snarled. "'Offer no resistance if you value your life.' "'Bold robber,' answered the priest calmly, "'your soul is stained with many sins. Add not to them this crime of sacrilege and blood. Touch not the treasures of holy church. They will but bring evil upon you. Repent and do penance for your sins.' "'You waste words in preaching a sermon to me,' cried the robber in rage. "'Hand over your treasures or die.' "'Never will I deliver the treasures of the church, "'and if I must die, I beg for a little time to pray.' "'This request the robber grudgingly granted. "'Kneeling down in the grass, beneath a towering tree, "'the saintly priest clasped his hands before his breast, "'whereon the blessed sacrament nestled, and prayed, "'O God, who does not wish that the sinner should die?' rather that he be converted and live, grant that this soul, stained with so many crimes, may turn to thee in sorrow and repentance. My God, in thy mercy give me this soul, for it do I offer my life to thee. But enraged at this prayer, the robber sprang forward and plunged his knife into the heart of the noble priest. And as he sank down dead, the heartless murderer tore the sacred vessels from his embrace. In doing so, he noticed the golden chain on the priest's breast. What could that be? He pulled it away. There was the shining pyx. A strong fear filled the robber's heart. He tried to banish it, but in vain. With a curse, he shook the sacred host out of its holy receptacle. Did it fall to the ground? No, wondrous to relate. It remained suspended in mid-air, emitting bright rays of heavenly light. The robber fell upon his knees, fear, awe, reverence tugging at his heartstrings, and even as he gazed another strange thing came to pass. 
Out of the trunk of a nearby tree came a swarm of bees. With busy hum they circled round the resplendent hosts suspended in the air. Slowly they gathered together, and as the robber gazed in ever-increasing wonderment, they formed a living chalice, and with humming more contented and subdued, that chalice gradually arose, until the host was in the center of its bee-formed cup. There it remained suspended in mid-air. And as the robber knelt upon the grass in awe, the hum of the bees now protecting the host he had sought to desecrate took the form of words. Over and over again came the low refrain, Repent, repent, while yet there is time, for if your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made whiter than snow. God does not wish the death of the sinner, but rather that he be converted and live. And as the robber listened to that miraculous expression of the love and mercy of God, unspeakable shame and sorrow filled his heart at the thought of his past wicked life. The prayer of the holy priest who lay there on the blood-stained grass was being heard. My God, in thy mercy give me this soul. Meanwhile the good people of the town, for which he had been bound, were awaiting the coming of the priest. Evening came, and he did not arrive. The morning came and passed away and there were no tidings of him. Fearing that he had been waylaid in the dangerous forest, a body of men went in search of him. They had penetrated far into the gloomy depths, when suddenly their attention was arrested by the peculiar hum of bees, forming the soft, insistent words, Repent, repent, while yet there is time, for if your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made whiter than snow. God does not wish. The men hesitated, afraid to advance. In God's name, said a holy hermit who accompanied them, let us proceed, we have nothing to fear. And then, what a sight broke upon them! They saw the sacred host in a glow of light, surrounded by a living chalice of bees. The priest, lying on the blood-stained grass, his hands clasped to his breast, his eyes gazing up into the smiling heavens, the sacred vessels scattered about, the robber chief kneeling in heartbroken remorse, just where he had been kneeling immovably, the past twenty-four hours. At once they understood what had happened. Reverently the holy hermit took the golden chalice from the ground and held it underneath the chalice of bees. Slowly, reluctantly, those faithful little keepers of God separated until the living chalice was no more, and the host gently descended into the consecrated chalice of gold. Then, placing the body of the priest upon a stretcher, those worthy people went back in solemn procession to the town from which they had come. By the strange and watchful providence of God, no one had given a thought to the murderer. They left him kneeling in the deep, dark forest, racking sobs shaking his huge frame from head to foot. Now, the holy hermit I have spoken of lived all alone in a rude hut in the forest. Near the hut he had erected a pile of stones, and upon the stones he had planted a wooden cross. That night he knelt before the cross in prayer. Suddenly, someone touched him on the shoulder. He turned. There stood the robber chief, pale and haggard, the tears of sorrow on his rugged cheeks. Father, he whispered hoarsely, is there no mercy for such as I? Vile wretch, cried the hermit, and herein he did great wrong. There is no mercy, no pardon for such as you. Sooner would this wooden cross bud and bloom, and bear flowers, than that God should show mercy to you and with these cruel words the hermit hastened away. With a moan of anguish the robber sank on his knees before the cross, in his heart a mighty cry for the forgiveness of God. 
There the hermit found him in the morning, still pleading for the pardon he craved. And lo, the wooden cross had budded and bloomed and brought forth flowers. And behind the heap of stones stood a bright angel of the Lord. Pointing to the cross in solemn reproach, he said, Sooner would these stones bud and bloom and bear fruit than that God should not forgive the sinner that comes to him in heartfelt sorrow. If his sins be as scarlet, they shall be made whiter than snow. Then the hermit realized how greatly he had sinned when he had bidden the robber despair. He made acts of sorrow, and taking the robber chief to his hut, he instructed him in the ways of God. And for a long time they lived together as brothers in prayer and penance. But when the good people had built a little chapel on the spot where the Blessed Sacrament had been so marvelously preserved, the converted robber abode in a little hermit's cell nearby. All his life long he did penance for his sins. All his life long he prayed. He became holy. When he died, they buried him there beneath that towering tree. And on the tombstone they carved the figure of a chalice of bees guarding a luminous host. And underneath it this inscription... God does not wish the death of the sinner, but rather that he be converted and live. End of chapter 21